Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a community member and she is, she's Mama Bear. She's Mama June. So sit back and we will be right back with, uh, with all the goods. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, you guys. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> um, welcome back to the podcast. Like I said, we have a lovely guest with us today. Um, I am your host, Tosh. Jean is the co-host. Hello. <laughs> she says hello in her soft, soft voice. And without further ado, we have with us today. June Bun. Hello. Yes. So if you guys do not know who this incredible mama bear is, she is the mother to Adrian Bun. And Adrian is the youngest female neurodivergent participant in the Ironman. Boom. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So exciting. Go look it up right now if you have not. She is she is an incredible she's an incredible incredible girl. She's an incredible athlete. Um and she is doing the big things. She is doing the big things. So, June, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to let you tell our guest all about yourself, Adrian, your family, all of the above. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This is mm-hmm. my first podcast. I've uh, never done one before. And you're the first one podcast I listened to. So this oh is really fun. I love it. Yeah. Um, now it's full circle. That's like, full I think circle it's, is complete. It is pretty incredible how many people actually don't listen to podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not the only, you're not the only one. I cannot wait to go explore and check it all yes. out. Yes. Yeah, it's the, it's kind of the rabbit hole. I feel like yeah, a, little a little bit, bit of a secret. A bit. Um, uh, I really wasn't listening to podcasts before I had one either. Before, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was not either. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, same Z's over here. Okay. Same Z's. Good deal. Good. Deal. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Yeah. So tell tell us please about um about your guys's family. Tell us tell us all about. Sure. You and your kiddos and your sweet husband. So my sweet husband, my rock, um, our Sherpa uh, extraordinaire, um, Bob, he is, uh, we've been married, this will be 28 years, and he is uh, works for the Department of Children and Families um, in the state of Florida, and uh, 
we've been in Florida for gosh, since 2007, I guess, um, came this way from Iowa. Iowa is our hometown, uh, our Clear Lake, Iowa. And we, uh, decided to make the move to Florida. Um, I had just had Adrian and I have tons of nieces and nephews and sisters here and my mom. So we decided to come this way and, um, it ended up being a blessing because, uh, right after we moved, I have an older daughter, Olivia. Um, Olivia is 26. She'll be 27 this weekend. And, uh, she lives in North Carolina. She's graduated college. So I've got a little bit of an age gap between Adrian mm-hmm. and Olivia. Um, Olivia just turned, or Adrian just turned 18 in July and she's a senior in high school. Um, but in between Adrian and Olivia, um, unfortunately I had three miscarriages. So there was the big age gap. Um, so yeah, and then I had Adrian and a few years later, three years later, um, when we didn't think we could have any more children, I had Emily. So I was an advanced surprise, maternal surprise. age mom. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, best surprise. Uh, yes. so we, yeah, we've, um, we died, had Adrian. So when we moved from, from Iowa to Florida, um, we were just in the process of having her diagnosed, I guess, or when I was pregnant, um, I had some complications and because of my advanced maternal age, they wanted to do a few more tests and, um, I did not want to do the amniocentesis since I'd already lost three babies. Um, right. So we kind of just, they speculated that she had a few markers for down syndrome. So hmm. we decided that, um, we weren't going to do any further testing. You know, whatever happens happens. And so I was, nervous through the whole pregnancy, I guess, and anxious because I just really wanted to keep it going. Um, and I don't, you know, what, whatever lent to my nerves and, you know, having her, it was, her birth ended up being perfect. She came on time. Everything was great. Um, and I was working at that time. So I took her to a daycare and there was another, uh, mom that had had a baby, just within weeks of Adrian and we just kind of, I could just see the milestones that the other child was having. And it didn't seem like Adrian was necessarily at that um, point. And so we had already, we had just started, you know, they were sure it had to be her hearing because she wasn't making Mm -hmm. really any sounds and the eye contact was kind of everywhere. And we just couldn't quite get a grasp on, um, you know, the communication part of it. So we started out, um, I worked in an education agency and had speech pathologists and all kinds of, you know, wonderful people around to kind of start the ball rolling. Um, we ended up putting tubes in her ears, had her adenoids taken out. You know, she didn't pass the hearing test. So we were just sure, you know, Oh good. We caught it. So then, you know, two months later we moved to Florida and, mm. uh, Olivia was, you know, older. So the, so when I went to the pediatrician, once I got there, they were just, they dismissed me and basically just said, you know, your kids are so far apart. You just forgot, you know, a lot of kids that have a uh, baby, younger siblings. Um, that's pretty normal that, you know, they, 
you're, they don't have to do anything. The older child is right. speaking for them or whatever, whatever. Right. And the gap just grew. Um, I ended up doing daycare in my home for my sister. Um, and my husband, you know, working in DCF, um, I was really hesitant to put her Adrian in daycare, um, because she couldn't communicate. And I was just so worried about scary. Yeah. It was really, it was too scary. So we backed off on that. I stayed home, did the daycare, probably best thing. Um, Adrian was able to, you know, witness a see and she would pay attention and she would see different things. And I thought that would pretty much be a way for her to kind of catch up maybe watching the Mm -hmm. older kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but it didn't happen. Sorry. And so I, I ended up, um, finding another pediatrician here and I think she was probably three and they basically told me that, um, it was lack of parental discipline that we weren't able to control her because I wasn't a good mom. So hold on, pause. Oh my lord! Oh my gosh! Yes, right here. Yes, (laughs) I want you to state what year this was. Yes, please. Oh, two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. Unbelievable. Yeah, she was three. I believe it. So, yeah, I mean. I, and I, I want to say unbelievable in the sense of it's 2000, that 2008, you know, come on, that feels like that was not very long ago. Mm-hmm. And considering, t- you know, what our other community members who have children who are in their 30s and 40s, you know, that's a huge gap of time. Mm-hmm. Not, not, I cannot understand that. Not in 2008. No. That's, that's parent shaming and bonkers. mom shaming. Right, right. Yeah. Can I, can I ask really quickly, June to just a side note, what, like what were, um, some of the markers besides maybe the, the common ones, you know, that, you know, she wasn't, that she seemed to be behind because maybe she wasn't, um, talking yet or was it walking? Was there other things that walking was delayed, but it didn't seem like it was like crazy delayed. I mean, I'm trying to think back cause I've got three. So, but as right. far as Adrian, I mean, I think the thing that I noticed the most in her and my husband, we started doing like, um, the play therapy and they were showing us, you know, they handed her like two Barbie dolls and they were making a conversation between the dolls. Like, you know, Oh, this is the mom and this is the baby. What would you do? And she just kind of took the dolls and just like banged them on their heads. Like she just really didn't know what to do with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had, like I said, I had my nieces and nephews and they played Barbies and Polly Pockets. And, you know, so she witnessed it. She watched it all, but she just was not um, able okay. to like really figure out. She just didn't have that capability of um, that imagination. That that yeah, imagination mm-hmm. play. So mm-hmm. when we um, ended up going to, so we started her finding a resource here after moving here. And not, you know, this was, I don't, none of my sisters have children with autism. Um, My husband was a special education teacher when we lived in Iowa Mm -hmm. and it really, he didn't necessarily think he's like, you know what, it's, you know, maybe let's just give her some time. Like it'll come, it'll come. And I know you all know your mama gut instinct, you know, I knew 
right away that there yes. was just something not quite connecting. And it wasn't the mm-hmm. fact that Olivia was, you know, nine years older. I knew that that just did not seem like she wasn't, she just was not, um, it was not making sense in my head. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So then we went to, somebody gave us, uh, University of Florida has a card center, um, the center for autism related, um, developmental. So we went, I went to have her diagnosed there. Um, they did a couple, you know, we got to watch her kind of through the glass. And I think that was probably my husband's first eye opener. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's at work, they're doing whatever the, the interaction that they have was not like, he wasn't honed into it. Like I was like, I was watching every single thing that she did. Right. And right. so when we got there and he, we kind of watched through the glass to see her, you know, they put down like the toys and how she would do it. It just, everything she did, she lined everything up. She color coded everything. Mm-hmm. I like stuffed animals. We had beanie babies at their house and we would, I would come into the room and they would be lined from corner to corner, the entire house, like a hundred beanie babies. And if you walked over the line and it got messed up at all, it was absolute meltdown, just tears and, you know, just a fit. And, uh, I'm like, that is not typical. Like somebody listened to me. Like, so she went to pre-K. Um, we finally figured out that, you know, we got involved in early childhood development. Um, just basically researching out all of your own stuff. There's no manual. When you move to town, there isn't like, you know, call this number for all the help that you need. You know, if your child has, it was, it was literally like searching, just searching. And then when I'm told like, no, it's your imagination. No, it's your bad parenting. I mean, that delayed everything because then I was like, oh my God, well, I am doing it wrong. Like, what, what am I doing? What should I be doing? And so it was like, I felt like I had no help as far as um, where to go. And then we put her in the pre-K school situation. And I really felt like it was basically just kind of a group. They lumped everybody together. Um, I could tell that Adrian basically was like watching other kids and like, you know, she's always been kind of a mimicker. Um, And so in that setting, I'm like, I don't know that this is the setting I want her mimicking. You know, I, it right. it was just not a good situation. So after four schools, we, I mean, we moved around a lot, got very little help from um, administration at the schools, super disappointed in the school district as far as um, ESE goes. Um, we ended up, you know, IEP meetings. I'm arguing, I'm yelling, I'm crying, you know, trying to tell them like, you know, help, like, please help her. You know, mm-hmm. this is what you're here for. And yes. I don't know, you know, your school districts, but ours is very large. Um, if you just sit back and let them do what they're going to do, you're not going to get any help at all. So I just right. became super vocal and, you know, my husband too. And we, we started, you know, researching different schools and, Someone had told us, you know, Montessori, they basically kind of um, are able to learn at their own pace. And, you know, we're like, hey, maybe that's what it is. You know, she needs to just self-pace and and fit in. And um, unfortunately, it was a school, grade school. Um, Most of their staff was uh, Hispanic. 
speaking Spanish. And so then we were like, is she speaking Spanish? I mean, is she picking up a different language? Cause her, her, she was still, that was probably, that was kindergarten, first grade. We held her back kindergarten. So she did kindergarten twice. Um, and then come first grade, we just still, it was, I did so much talking for her. I could, t- I mean, cause I was with her all the time. I could tell what she was trying to relay. And so mm-hmm. I became her voice and you just, you know, start. So is there no diagnosis at this point yet? No, no, no diagnosis yet. Yep. So then after she was probably, I think she was diagnosed at four actually, but while we were, um, we were just starting the Montessori program and, uh, that's when it was like, okay, you know, they're like, we don't follow an IEP. We don't have to do that. We don't have to follow any, you know, in a private setting, it's a trade-off, you know, right? Like you go, you can go with the schools and you can demand all these other things and, and, you know, maybe get somewhere, but in a private setting, you've got nothing. Like there's no, they don't, they're not tied to any funding. So they don't, they don't have to do that. Um, Right. And backing up, like when she was in, I think in her second time at kindergarten, we had the school psychologist was going to do his own evaluation um, in coordination with uh, Card Center. Um, and he went into the classroom and observed her. And at at our meeting, when we were trying to decide, like, what do you what do you think her diagnosis would be? And he's like, she made me a paper flower. And she had no trouble handing it to me. And she looked at me when she handed it. So I'm going to say no to autism. Oh my gosh. That was a professional diagnosis. So then I was like, we're out of here. This is not going to work. Uh, now what do we do? So UF, mm. um, one of the people at UF said, you know, have you tried Special Olympics? Like as far as the interaction and we've had, um, we're in the middle of horse country in Ocala. Um, have you tried therapeutic horseback riding. Have you tried, you know, any of those, those things to kind of get her to, um, to talk, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's been proven that, you know, there's lots of studies out there as far as the, the therapy. Um, we were open to anything at that point. So we started at, um, a program here in Ocala and Adrian, of course, zero fear, uh, super high pain tolerance. Um, went to the biggest horse and it was just like the most, um, the scariest thing for us. You know, we've guarded her for so long, you know, yes. so we put her, we, she goes up and they start her with brushing and, you know, she's babbling and talking to this gigantic horse at a, you know, three-year-old, four-year-old age. And, um, after that, it seemed like she just started, to, it, it actually like really calmed her down a lot. Um, Mm. I highly recommend it. It has been, it was amazing for her. Um, and it was, you know, it was pretty much like a, an unconditional love with, with an animal, with a horse. I mean, she'd always loved dogs, but you know, this was just, it was just a whole different, different, different situation. So that worked out really well. And then the school situation, we've just, that's been, um, a roller coaster if I had any, any, um, I'm glad she's a senior. (laughs) I can't wait to be done with this, that process. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm assuming, um, there's, she'll be in the transition program through. 
So I'm not sure. She's still in a, is she is it still in a private school so now, setting or did you guys, a you did a setting. public school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. decided because she got so into the sports, you know, we, the high school is a very large high school. Um, my older daughter had a completely different path going through the education system. We had no issues. Um, right. She's very bright. She went into a magnet program. She graduated. She went to UF. It was just like, it just, hers was as seamless as possible. Yeah. And yeah. Adrian's, we just bounced and bounced and bounced. And we would get to this situation. And then um, uh, maybe, I mean, you've read like with the whole medication thing. Um, mm-hmm. After we had done UF, we've got our diagnosis. We leave Montessori. We go to the next school. Um, and the school was for autism and other um, other things, but we thought, oh, this is, you know, they took her on a trial basis. Um, she went in and developmentally delayed. She is like her, they, they said her, you know, her IQ was like 79. Like, you know, I'm not sure we can, we're this is going to work, but let's give it a try. And, you know, we're out of options. This was, we left and we were just like, what do we do? Where are we going to go? Um, I can't homeschool. She, that just would not have worked for us. Um, so we started this new school. We're into it probably, I don't know, six months, I guess. And they come back and say, you know what, if only she, if she was on medication, I think that that we would be able to make this work. And we're like, Oh my God. Like, I am just like, I'm, I'm a little confused, right? I do not want medication. Like, so this is in a public school this setting. This is back to a private. So we've left the public. We did the Montessori. Okay. We decided now we're going to do private. They're going to take her on as a as a um, trial basis. We're trying to avoid the public school. Okay. We think this one is. You know, this we've heard. You know, it got great recommendations. Friends, kids went, and we just this is going to work. So we get in there. We're in there six months. You're starting to get comfortable. We feel like Adrian is, you know, at least feeling she didn't come home crying. Um, you know, we already had that situation. So we're like, this is pretty good. You know, we, Bob and I were very involved in going to meetings and making sure, you know, and everything was, oh, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Finally go to one meeting. You know what? If you want her to stay, well, this is what we're going to have to do. And we're like, okay, well, what is it? So we took her to a different pediatrician. They put her on medication and all of a sudden we had a shell of a daughter, like the, so her, the, yep, so yeah. the private school is recommending a medication. Private or, school is recommending or, medication in order for her to or stay. what kind of medication? Disruptive. And what? She wasn't sitting in her seat. They wanted it for focus. Um, so, so they, so for ADHD essentially. ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yep. And had she had any formal diagnosis of no. ADHD? Uh-uh. Oh my Lord. Nope. Mm-mm. So, yeah, so we, um, we started it and noticed like her interest was zero. Uh, her energy was zero, you know, basically it looked like she, you know, we didn't have any outbursts, but we didn't even have a daughter. Like it was just literally Mm -hmm. like she would drool. And so they're like, well, let's change the, the dosage. Let's do this. Well, I don't know. I mean, an angel by the grace of God, we ended up, there was a PE teacher 
that took the kids out and Adrian, she recognized that Adrian, once she got outside and she just could be free and just go run, it just changed her whole demeanor. So we started weaning her off of the medication without even saying anything. And this teacher was, you know, they started giving her um, plastic feet, these little charms on a chain. And it was tangible. She could see it. She would earn it. Like one lap around, here's a foot. One lap around, mm. here's another foot. And she, that that was intriguing to her. She loved that. Um, the other kids, not so much. They're like, are we done yet? But you could leave her out there for hours. And we even noticed at home, like when she would just be ready to bounce off the wall. It's like a golf ball that wanted to explode. You know, be like, okay, go out and pick up 10 acorns out of the yard and come back. So she'd bring them back in and we'd say, okay, we timed you. That was so long ago. See if you can do it faster. You know, those were the little things that we would do just to burn energy. Mm-hmm. And then when we had the lethargic stuff, we we're like, this is not the same kid. We weaned her off, started doing the running. And then we're like, okay, there's something to the running. There's something to the exercise. Let's, we got her a dog. Um, yeah, you got a, a, like a service dog. Our service dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a chocolate lab, Otis. Otis was the greatest thing. Though, you know, we mm-hmm. live in a development that's only one way in and one way out. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we're not just going to let her go run the neighborhood. Um, she has a tendency to wander. Um, she's, you know, just very naive. Very, everybody is as sweet as she is. You know, it's just um, so we, you know, very nervous. So I'm sending out with the dog and I'm like, okay, one time around the block. And then, you know, it got to be more. She got older. She realized, I mean, she just would go faster. So, uh, you know, we tried different sports in Special Olympics. That was an amazing Special Olympics was a huge benefit to Adrian, but it was a huge benefit to us. Meeting parents mm-hmm. that, you know, none of my family members had kids that had issues like, you know, with as far as autism and things. So it was just such a great um resource. Outlet. Yeah. And outlet. Resource. Yeah. yeah. We just yeah. were able to realize that, oh my gosh, I mean there are other people that are struggling like we are, you know, yes. it isn't yeah. our bad parenting. Like it, it was really real. Like, well, it's not, not bad parenting at all, yes. period. <laughs> you know, if, it's, if we would have had an outlet like this and been able to listen to people's stories, like you guys are sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a, an, an incredible um, resource for other parents to, to just even sit and listen and say, Oh my gosh, you know, like well, that's what they did to do that. I'm going to try a little of this. I'm going to try that. You know, we were to the point where, you know, we, we didn't know what to do. We, we had Olivia who was, you know, easy breezy. We're just thinking this is so simple. Then we have, we noticed the biggest outburst for um, Adrian was when Emily came along. And when Emily was born, it was just Mm. such a, uh, that was a struggle. We had some dark days and ends up, you know, honestly, I, I think, she's there. Emily came along after they told us we wouldn't be able to have any more. Um, she was as Adrian's angel, like absolutely watches everything she did, started talking, started, you know, mimicking everything that she did. And it was like the gap, you know, with Olivia being older, it wasn't as easy for Adrian to follow the things that she was doing, you know, but with Emily being right there within that, you know, age bracket, yeah, it was fantastic. We didn't want it to be like a burden to aid to Emily. To Emily, yes, of course, and make yeah. it like you know resentful. Um, 
And I can tell you as a parent with the two that, you know, are typical, I say, and then Adrian, it is always in the back of your mind. It always in the front of my mind, you know, making sure that we're not treating any of them differently. You know, right. You've got to keep everybody. She can't get by with things that the other ones couldn't get by with. And I think that's one of the big things that we tried to do for all of them was never make it seem like, you know, it's all going to be about Adrian. We have, we had to go to doctor's appointments. We had to do all these extra things that took time away from the other kids. And so Mm -hmm. we would just, you know, really try to make up for that, compensate, make sure that we knew that, you know, if Adrian had that going, we're going to make something special for the other ones. Yeah. That uh, everybody's important. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a part of this family. That is a Mm -hmm. crazy balance. That's a Mm -hmm. big, big, big. I would say that's like one of the, one of the biggest not one of the biggest, but that is that is something that we hear quite a bit mm-hmm. is that, you know, for people, how do you how do you balance that, you know, when you have m- multiple children mm-hmm. and um and sometimes even have multiple neurodivergent kiddos and then and then, you know, neurotypical kiddos. Like how do you how do you balance that and how do you not put that pressure on the neurotypicals to be for you know, especially, especially like, especially for Emily, right? Yeah. Because Emily's younger, right? And she's still there. Olivia's out of the house. Olivia, you know. Right. Um, but for Emily, who, um, you know, it's almost like that. Adrian, Emily is Adrian's person. Yeah. You know, it's, it's same, same in child's <laughs> situation. You know, right? Where our older mm-hmm. are are neurodiverse, and then we have our younger that are neurotypical, and um. And and that's a, I when listening to you speak, it's like it's that same. I it's I'm living it. Yeah, <laughs> you know the Emily Adrian thing right now. Yeah. you know, and, and it's so interesting to hear to hear it. You know, in a in fast forward in the future kind of perspective. So, um, it is. Emily, I guess the biggest part is end. is that you're aware. Like, yeah, you know, if you did it, and you you know, I haven't. I've, people will say, "Gosh, I can't believe you know that." Emily is not resentful with all that. We make a- Emily a big part of everything that Adrian does. Adrian's races and she goes, she's included in everything. Um, yeah. The beautiful part is, you know, our friends, our church group, everybody that, you know, the youth group, they all um, give Adrian or Emily that extra sugar and love and, you know, just yeah. support, build yes. her up to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I never want it to seem like, um, you know, she's her, oh gosh, you know, I've got to take Adrian with me, you know, kind of thing. So luckily, you know, she's younger. Um, Adrian and her have a lot of similar, uh, friends like through our church group and stuff. So that's kind of nice. Um, right. but you know, with all these athletic things, my husband and I basically, we divide and conquer because if mm-hmm. Adrian's out training, we've got to take an entire Saturday, if we don't all go together and make it like we, I take Emily shopping or whatever while we're gone, then we'll do something with her at home. Or the next day is like, okay, it's Emily's day. Emily, what do you want to do yeah. today? You know, yeah. to try to yeah. make that balance. But, and I'm sure, I'm sure if we talked to Emily, yes, I'm, sh- you know, probably, probably most kids where it's like there are the the things that are hard, mm-hmm. but they love their sibling, right? They love their sibling. And and I feel like God has just given them a, a different 
perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, they're their protector. I, I don't know. It's I, definitely I just, matured her more. I would say it's yes. matured her faster for sure. Yeah, I would. I would. I would say both Jean and I's daughters are <laughs> way more mature than most eight-year-olds that they, you know, in their as their peers. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. And yeah. she's just such a little mother to her in like situations mm-hmm. like Adrian, no, you shouldn't that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Or, you know, Adrian, God love her, Adrian cannot cook. Um, and she would have starved all summer long if Emily wouldn't have been like, Okay, I'm gonna make lunch today or whatever while I'm at my mom's if she's, you know, whatever. So you know, she yeah, she kinda has taken on that little motherly role, but there's so many Emily's super good at doing like makeup and, you know, the fashion thing. So she, I'm like, could you please yes. help Adrian with that? Cause that is not her forte. And yeah. So, so tell, tell me a little bit about, so getting into the special Olympics pretty early in, in Adrian's life that she just, that's where you guys noticed she excelled. Mm-hmm. She loved anything like I call it deep input, you know, athletics, but like that deep. Yeah. So like, we noticed that anything that was um, a team sport was just not her thing. We tried the volleyball. We tried basketball. All too quick. Too many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Um, too many people. Too many people. Too much going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She did. Um, golf was unified. So her, her and her dad went out to do golf together. They let him out there. That was a beautiful, like that was a great connection for the two of them. Um, and really quickly, Papa Bob, Papa Bob is really, is he really, he loves all the things. Papa Bob loves it all. He was very athletic in school. Uh, I Mm -hmm. did not have that gene. So that's where she's getting it It is totally from him. Um, she, yeah, so he loves to do that. He is, he's all about, you know, now like making the nutrition that's, you know, packing the bottles. I mean, it is a process, this triathlon stuff, triathlon with the three sports. I mean, the, just making sure that you have it all and packing it all is, Mm -hmm. um, that is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we just did the marathon and it was like, all we had to have was tennis shoes. It was just like, so great. You know, get a water bottle and tennis shoes. Take it. Yeah. 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 So when, when did, when did Adrian start excelling, like recognizing that, um, kind of running was her thing, you know, and then how, how did the, how did, I mean, because it's one thing to be, to get out and and run, you know, do half marathons, you know, or slowly increase up to half marathons, marathons, but, um, it's a whole nother thing to add in swimming and. Oh, I know. Well, so special Olympics was going to, um, they had, a group in Orlando, a uh, triathlon club that basically introduced like, Hey, you know, would you guys want to try bringing the sport of triathlon into special Olympics? And they're like, you know, gosh, let's do a pilot program. I don't know how many kids that's, you know, that's a pretty big undertaking. Um, yeah. You've got, you know, making sure everybody is safe and, you know, it's not just something that a bunch of kids are just going to do and go have fun. It's, you know, there's, it's real, you know? And when yeah. they first said like, do you want to, what do you think Adrian? So John Robles, who was our director, he was into triathlons and he's like, do you think Adrian would want to do um, triathlon? I'm like, first of all, what is it? Like, and he's like, oh, it's running, biking and swimming. And I'm like, in the same day, you know, like, yeah. I don't, okay. All right. And so the lingo for triathlon, the equipment and all that stuff we had, um, 
a couple here that they were going to, so they have a unified partner. They have um, somebody that comes in and they, they basically kind of guide them. And yeah, so like a, like a coach or buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, Adrian loved that idea because she loves a best friend. I mean, yes. she's going to want that. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> being able to run and go with, with other people, heck yeah. So yeah. they paired her up with uh, this gal, Aaron Frail and Nick Blazer. And uh, they kind of tag teamed on the, um, she already had the running. She was already, that's was her therapy. You know, that was just mm-hmm. in there. The mm-hmm. bike, we were like, okay, you know, I didn't realize okay, that I was- bikes were that sophisticated. <laughs> I will, and I was just going to ask oh. you because, um, you know, for a lot of for a lot of our kiddos, they don't pick up on the bike riding. Right, I, it's been a huge struggle with my son Jack. You know, he's still he's almost ten, and and we're not balance, anywhere balance near is an issue for sure. And it's because that it's that too, you know, yep. like having to to pedal and the balance portion of it. So, yep. was did Adrian start riding bikes? So Adrian younger, I or? remember. I mean, she could ride a bike. We definitely weren't into, you know, our our neighborhood. She was so into running. Like mm-hmm. a bike, she had a bike, of course, you know, little, had training wheels and whatever. I'm not sure that we necessarily, she ever got on a bike and just started riding like around the neighborhood until we started that. Um, and I just saw a video I, that I hadn't seen uh, of her getting on a bike and her unified partner, her friend Nick, is running alongside her, and he's running faster than she's able to bike it. So that was a huge hurdle, huge. Um, oh my gosh, my I'm like, yeah, mind it, was, is exploding it was pretty right crazy now. that she was able to um, figure that part out and keep keep going. Um, so that was a big one, you know. That was, uh, and then the now like the looking at the tires on the bike. You know, for a triathlon oh bike, they're so skinny. Skinniest. Like, how is she going to be able to balance it? <laughs> but we started her out, obviously, on a bigger bike than that. So she kind of got that down. But, yeah, that part of it. And then that's a lot of decision-making for biking. You know, that's yes. a lot of making sure, you you know, looking up and, you know, all those processes yeah. that you just take for granted. Yes. That was the struggle. As a typical, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. And then swimming. She didn't know how to swim in a pool. Like, when you know, we, my sister has a pool. So you know, she got in and we did swimming lessons and, you know, she got the pool thing. But as far as like any kind of good distance or being able to like, you know, go open water swimming was just right. like, oh my gosh. Okay. We'll see scary how this goes. Thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, combined them all had unbelievable support, uh, from the triathlon club that was in Orlando, um, mm-hmm. putting together the pilot program ended up being three boys and Adrian. Adrian was 13. Uh, she was okay. 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Too. So yeah, wow. she, she got out there and just, uh, once she started doing it and putting them all together, it just, uh, something Clicked. sparked inside her that was like, mm-hmm. I am doing this. I am going to figure this out. And I so away she went and we had her, um, we tried concentrating more on the biking and the swimming because, you know, like I said, the running part, she, that was something that she's always done. And then, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, she, she ended up picking it up and we've got amazing guides along the way. And she's probably done, gosh, probably over 30 races, I suppose, 40 races maybe. And between, between starting and, and the Ironman. 
Wow. Yeah, all sprint distance, that, I mean, shorter that, distance. Um, yeah, the short, yeah, the, mm-hmm. like the, yes, um, I, I'm, I'm forgetting all the tri lingo, but yeah, um, yeah there's the, the shorter races that prepare you for, um, for the Ironman, right. but that's five years, 13 to, yes. to 18. Mm-hmm. That's a short amount of time. I mean, people think like, oh, that's a long time. But I mean, from going from from not being a, you know, really essentially a bike, Mm-mm. biking person. Um, yes, you got the running down. But uh, let's remind everybody, Ironman is uh, starting with the swim and it's how many miles? 2.4 miles. 2.4. Then you go to the bike and the bike is 112. 20- or 112, uh-huh. and then the run is 26.2, uh, 26.2, so a full marathon. That is – that's a lot, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> You've never done any of those. Oh, gosh. Phenomenal. Um, it was, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It is – yes. It so she's found this passion now. She's she's loving She's loving it. She's being coached by incredible people. Mm-hmm. When did – Culture City come into play? Uh, so we toyed with the idea. She always wanted to do Iron Man. Um, yeah. She, last year we went and watched Chris Nickich. Um, yes. And he, first person with Down syndrome. So she watched him yeah. do it and um, we got to be there. And I think that just really sparked her. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was just like, this is really cool. Um, and so we kind of toyed, you know, like, okay, at some point down the line, of course, yeah, that's what a great goal, you know. Um, and then we got kind of further into last year in, or the year, and it was like April, May, probably April. And um, somebody had said, you know, hey, Iron Man, she'll be 18. I'm like, well, she hasn't even done a, an Olympic distance. We have to do an Olympic, Olympic and then you have to do a half. And we haven't yes. done those, but you have to be 18 to do a half. And you have to be 18 to do a marathon or an Ironman, all of those requirements. And um, so it was like, how do we, you know, recreate that and make yeah. be able to, you know, to do that um, in kind of in that setting. And um, so we just kind of knocked it around like, you know what, there's a race. We started planning it out. There's a race for a half two days after she turns 18. And then there's, you know, then Ironman, Kona. And um, so we did the Olympic and she did great. And then we were like, you know what, what do you think? You know, it's a big year. It's her senior year. Still in school. We're going to have a lot to balance. Do you want to, do you think you want to try it? And then we started looking at ways that she could um, get in there. You know, she wouldn't necessarily qualify um, if she hadn't done any races, but we were we were able to find out that there was a charity spot. Chris had gone through a charity spot, and we were like, you know what? Okay, so we uh, Culture City had contacted us to do New York City Marathon um, mm-hmm. through Nick Nickich and through Dan Grebe, who was all who was Chris's guide. Um, Chris had done Culture City's event before, and he's like, you know, Culture City represents, you know people with invisible disabilities. This is absolutely just such a perfect match. And so we talked to Michelle uh, Kong, the founder about, you know, New York city and we were all excited. And then I was like, you know what, if maybe if they'll sponsor, if they're going to sponsor for the New York city marathon, they've never done sponsors a triathlon triathlon. And I knew Michelle did them. So yes, I called her and I said, I've got a super lofty, 
idea. Um, you know, this is huge. It's the investment is huge and I've got nothing to prove, show you that it can be done, you know, other than, you know, her will, her desire. And, you know, these are the little races she did and times that she had and, you know, stuff. And, and Michelle is like, I'm on board. Like, yeah, let's I was going to say, she's happen. probably like, heck yes, let's, let's do, do it. <laughs> so yeah, this we went into- Awesome. Oh my gosh. That was May. We went into full yeah. mode training. Uh, it was a lot. She started training yeah. 24, 25 hours a week, um, you know, minimum. And we would be driving to Orlando, you know, three times a week. Um our coach, Dev Guthrie, who's absolutely phenomenal with her, um, had no experience with anyone with autism, which wow. in retrospect is kind of a beautiful thing because he didn't know what to expect and he had nothing, you know, he didn't yeah. have any pre-qualifier, prejudgment. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He just oh, was like, is... all right, let's do it. Like, I'm going to treat you like everybody else and let's see how yeah. far you can go. And yeah. so away she went and he oh. just pushed her limit and she you know, thrived in the way that he coached and the way that he pushed her. And, um, and, and luckily at, in the, at the end, he's the one that guided her, uh, through Kona and oh, she did. had yes. an amazing time. We didn't know what to expect as far as time went. We didn't even care. Like we, we hoped she'd finish, yeah, just, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. But in her mind, she, you know, she was like, uh, she had her own goal. She's, she wanted to make sure that she did well and push her hardest because she's, you know, her teammates, everybody's older. Um, everybody on the team is older. She's the youngest one. They all basically kind of just nurture her and took her in and showed her all kinds of things. And, you know, triathlon is a super expensive sport and we were blessed. I mean, beyond blessed to get Ventum, uh, gave her a bike. Um, our tri club here, uh, Kyla triathlete gave her a gift card to a shoe store. So she had $500 gift card for her shoes and, um, you know, helmets and, you know, Rudy project and all kinds of really cool sponsors. Um, you know, Yogi Bo got on board with culture city. Um, Bened life is a a probiotic. I'm not sure if y'all Mm-hmm. Um, so Adrian started taking the Neurali, um, which I'm not plugging, but it is, it has, yeah, I do yep. believe that it has definitely been a positive for us. Um, but yeah, so altogether, it just kind of, we were really blessed. I mean, like people coming together to help. And when I think about where we were at in the beginning and how there was just, we felt so isolated and alone. And then now where she's at now, how the community has just really rallied around her and the triathlon yes. community in general is just, um, and running community are amazing people that are so welcoming. And, you know, I, I find it odd, interesting, I guess that, you know, she's a senior in high school and I don't know that her school necessarily has any clue. Like I know a principal knows what she's doing and they're very proud of her that way, but the general population has no idea what she's doing. And so she goes into, you know, this group with the runners and the Ironmen and, and she, it makes her just feel like a rock star. Like she just, yeah, you know, so she's, thr- she's just, she thrives. Yeah. She her, just, it this is, is her, her, that's her, her people. Ex- it's where she feels accepted. accepted. Yeah. My, minus home and, yes. you know, your guys church community, et cetera. But, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. to, you know, I, I don't know if you guys find this, but to a lot of um, what we found is, like kids find adults find her endearing and it's, it's sweet. And everybody is very nice to her as adults. 
that kids find her to be maybe weird or they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you get the look or you, you know, her stories tend to be not tied to anything. So she'll, she'll go on about a story, you know, or a, something that she did and it's not relatable to them. And they're like, okay, what? Like, you know, I mean, just not, not necessarily being very welcome. Yeah, we don't, kind. we don't, we're, we are still not in a culture where we accept or, and I shouldn't say accept because that's generalizing, but where we, where kids even have an understanding really, no. which again is, it's, that's mind boggling to me. Jean will get into all the things. She will get on jeans. soapbox about it, but she, she, um, you know, it's, it's so crazy that I think like, how can we be in, you know, almost 2024 and, um, there's still not the awareness. There's still not the, and, and then of course the acceptance and, um, why is this even something that we have to talk about? Yeah. Why isn't it just part of this is just society. This is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what, I mean, this is the norm, you know, I and guess I hate using that word, I mean, but our kids have so much to contribute. It's just like, yeah, it's just so sad to me that they get, that it's, they're overlooked. And right. I think I will say the high school. So we switched her out of all this private school stuff. We ended up going to a public school and uh, for her junior year, because I wanted her to try um, sports. I wanted her to try being in cross country and, yeah. um, we were nervous to put her on the team. I was, you know, like, how are the kids going to treat her? How are they, are they going to understand her? And she did amazing. Like she was, a, mm-hmm. did very well. And uh, that group of kids, like the cross country team and stuff, super, super um, accepting, willing to, you know, not necessarily they're going to call her to go out on a Friday, but, you know, they treated her so well. And I was super, Kindly super happy and, that and yeah, I did that. And then welcomed her. Yeah. Our guidance counselor um started the Best Buddies program in her school last year for Adrian. And the other thing, and that Best Buddies has been, we were paired with an amazing girl. Um, yeah. So that's really new. Emily now is in high school. So Emily is a freshman. Adrian is a senior. Emily has a buddy. And her buddy um has a hearing deficit and uh, she, Emily, it is, if anything, it has taught my kids, the ones, you know, Emily and Olivia, I wanted them to have empathy. I wanted them to be caring and, you know, they would never, and I can't imagine ever in a million years making fun of another child or leaving somebody out. Like I wanted them, that is like height of awareness. Like I want them to be yes. aware of, you know, if you see it happening, yeah. you better be the one to then step you- up. Ooh, amen. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, and we talk about again, that all the time mm-hmm. as well with, with our, you know, typical kiddos is that, that they are, you know, that this is, this is a hard life for them, you know, in the sense of, of what they bear on their shoulders. But at the same time, like they are given such a gift. They are, they are also the ones changing mm-hmm. the, the face of, of, you know, what this looks like. and. um and it is, it's, yeah. that's the only way things are going to change, Absolutely. you know, is yep. parents advocating, siblings advocating, and, and then the world just seeing like, we got to do better. We've got to do we better. Be better. We've got to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love this buddy program. I've never heard of this. Jean, maybe Jean's, you guys, Jean's muted right now because I think her, 
microphone is acting crazy, but um, we will have to hear. Yeah, Best She'll Buddies, tell us it's a it. national program. Um, yeah. New to our school district. School district. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm wondering if it's maybe not in every school district. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay. It, yeah. You're muted, Jean. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Jean is um, doing sign language to us right now. <laughs> and I think Jean's giving um, the thumbs up on Best Buddies. She's behind she Best is, Buddies. She so is. She is. Yeah, for yes, sure. I am not surprised about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, really quickly, what is, does high school look like for, I mean, this being Adrian's last year of, of high school, what, what have the last two years looked like? Is she... Um, you know, like I asked about the trans, is she doing a, going to do a transition program? Um, so do they ha- have that? her other, her other, um, the school that she went to leading up to us changing her to forest to this public school, um, where she basically made candles and painted and drew, mm-hmm. did coloring pages. We weren't sure she was going to have enough credits to even be able to graduate. So we were able to get her caught up. Um, she will graduate with a diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then we honestly have been so consumed by Kona and mm-hmm. the New York city marathon that we've kind of put off, um, you know, what's next. She knows what's next. I mean, she knows the, um, order that it should come. Like she, you know, she wants to go to college. She wants to have that experience. Yeah. She saw us move Olivia into a dorm and, you know, the, all those really cool, fun things. Um, we've not looked into it, but we've been told about several programs here uh, available at, um, a couple of the colleges where they have kind of the, um, I guess it's a guided, maybe a program where it's, you know, it's on the college campus and it's kind of that college atmosphere, but you're going for more of a certificate program, I guess. Right. Um, Right. Right. So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Adrian is absolutely into animals, horses, dogs, you name it. Total therapy for her. Um, she would love to be a zoologist. I could totally see her working in a zoo and feeding those animals and going out and being the caretaker. And she would be in seventh heaven. And her other job would be a pro triathlete. Like she wants to be a pro triathlete really bad. She can do both. And that's what we told her. And actually I'm pretty sure I read, I can't remember who is it, who it is now, but um, there is somebody that, you know, has kind of that similar background that I'm going to have to like connect with to say like, okay, Mm. how did you make this? How how did you? Yeah. And Miss Jean, I'm going to connect with Jean. I've got, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She's got you. She's got you, June. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. Yes. Yeah. That, that is incredible. I mean, there's, you know, we've, um, we've interviewed people on here that are, um, nonprofits that help, um, kiddos with, uh, you know, disabilities or invisible disabilities to find, you know, to get into their career path, whatever that might look like for them. Um, so that'd be incredible. It'd be incredible for Adrian to be able to get into a zoo in your guys's area and just work amazing her, her way through, um, and then, yeah, she's got, she can't stop now. No. Athletic wise. Uh-huh. Well, and we were talking. She's like, she's like speaking to my athletic heart. <laughs> we were like, what's going to be next? What's next? Um, yeah. Her triathlon, a bunch of them are going to do uh, 
including our guide, are going to do and our coach, um, Ironman Texas. Um, oh. And so that's in April. And I'm like, gosh, that's right by graduation. I know. <laughs> also, one of the really cool things we're coming to Texas at the beginning of December, uh, Adrian was selected for Special Olympics Athlete of the Year. And Big 12. Jean's going to be there. We are too. <laughs> <That's cute thing. laughs> oh, we're going to meet. Because we are, um, yes, we are going to be there. We, she is going to, we just found out this week um, that we're going to get to go to the game and do the dinner and um, be on the sideline for the game. And I guess it's Texas for sure. Not sure who the other team is yet. Undecided, I guess. Um, But how cool. Like, we're super excited. My husband's like, finally football. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how this, the, it brings the, the full circle. This is so, so incredible. Yes. Um, yes. Wow. 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 Yep. So, so what do you, um, not what are your hopes? I don't want to say that because I feel like that's so cliche. Right. Um, but like, what, what do you want for, for Adrian? I want her to be happy. Happy. Mm-hmm. I want her to be included. Yeah, I want her to not be taken advantage of because I think mm-hmm. her. I mean, she. If we could all have the heart that she has and the um, the willing to, there's nobody that ha- that is. Um, she doesn't see anybody as an enemy. Everybody's a friend. Everybody is out there to do good things and to and care for each other and you know, it's hard to make her realize, like, not everybody has your best interest without, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the fine line to scaring her half to death and making her so that she doesn't want to leave the house. You know, every time she goes out and runs in the neighborhood, I'm absolutely fearful. We have her on a tracker. We have, you know, all those independent things that I want her to do. And I want her to go, she got her driver's license. She likes, she, likes to, um, you know, she wants to go to Starbucks. She wants to drive, she'll drive to youth group, to church. I've not let her do it alone. I've, I've had Emily in the car with her. So, you know, in that respect, you know, Emily, it's kind of a fun, like Emily gets a Starbucks out of that, you know, she gets to be able to Mm -hmm. go, but, um, just to go let her drive and it's, I'm not quite ready, I guess. Um, that's that's huge though because Emily's a teenager. <laughs> I know, so, I know. You know, like I would say that's pretty uh, pretty close. She's not by herself, but that's uh, but like, yeah. You know. So it's kind of like hanging so, with a friend. You know, it's not like I sent yeah. your little sister out with you. It's kind of you know they both enjoy doing things together. So that's kind of a, right. a fun. Right. Um, you know, but we have. I'm sure you all get it too. All the time, people. Adrian has autism. Like I don't see it. Like what is it that? And I just. I haven't come up with really what I want to say, like a good, you know, like I, she didn't wear that shirt today, you know, or it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're have that, mm-hmm. yeah, the comeback. I really want one. Cause you know, it's like, if you've met one person with autism, you've met yeah. one person with autism, you know, yeah. I could. And, and, and strangely enough, like, you know, for somebody like me with a younger child and looking at Adrian, you know, I see so much of not predicting my son Jack's future, but I see so much of Jack in Adrian. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? You know, and, and, and it's, and it is funny because it's, it's like, there's this level of 
um, acceptance, but also feeling not accepted. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, where I'm like, there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, Jack's autistic, but sometimes I feel like he's not autistic enough. Or, mm. you know, when you're around, when you're around typical people and they're like, yeah, I just don't, oh, he, I would have never guessed he's autistic. And it's like, so sometimes there's this feeling of like, well, where do we, where do we fit where in? Where do we fit at, in? You know? Yep. And it's like having to like, let go of that and just going, you fit in everywhere. Right. You fit in everywhere because you are just who you are, yep. you know, they are just who they are and they're incredible people. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and so much to get, they're and doing I, things in their own, yeah. you know, they're in their own way, yeah. in their own way. And yes. if you would have Ugh. asked me uh, when, like when she was even like six and seven, I can remember thinking, Oh my gosh. I mean, how is this going to go for her? She's not going to ever drive. She's not going to ever have a house. She's not going to ever have this. She's, you know, and then I thought, you know what, why am I predetermining where her, I'm not yeah. giving her a cap. There's no cap. Yeah. Uh, sky's yes. the limit. You get out there and, and that you do is what our, what, that is what our yeah. audience has to hear. You know, yeah, it's like, do when, not when you're in it, when you're in that, you remember you in that beginning of that journey, like you said, it's so isolating, it's so dark, you know, and, and it's so dark and you, and you start to, to, to be in your head and to do that. What is yeah. this going to look like? What are they ever, you know, and, and Adrian's the youngest female. Yes. You know, autistic Iron Man. Yep. <laughs> so she did it. She did it. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure when she was six or seven, you that was not even remotely on no. your radar. Didn't even you know, know what the Iron Man was, first of all. But well, but I mean, even if you did, yeah, you know, I you would, would have never. been like, she'll never be able to do that, yeah. or will, will will she ever be able to do that? Yeah. So that's yeah. I didn't oh. know I could, you know, Olivia would have interests and I'm like, oh, for sure. That's going to be the path that she goes on. And Adrian, it was totally. like, this is such a wild card. Like, where are we going to go with this? And then I yeah. realized like, yeah. she's just so, she ended up, you know, really like going from so unfocused and everywhere to, it, she finally just found her niche her and niche. she found her mm -hmm. acceptance and she found the people that, um, love her for all of her, you know, little things that, you know, that she does differently. They, they embrace all that. And, um, you know, I guess for other parents too, it's like, I pray people that you find your community, find the people that, yeah. you know, will, are there to support you through it all. And for us, Special Olympics, honestly, has been, uh, for us, the absolute key to, for parents, as well as for Adrian, as well as for Emily and, and Olivia, you know, they've volunteered yeah. at things. They've seen, you know, been able to talk to other siblings that have similar situations and so it's that peer, knowing that it's okay. Support. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Jean's, we're going to have to, we're going to give Jean the task of, of getting special Olympics, somebody in something on here to interview them. Um, because there's so many people that have asked about it. Jean's son, Rory does special Olympics in Texas where they live. And, um, it's like, if you don't know how or where to begin to look for those things, right. you just, it's just not even, you know, it's just not even on your radar, but, but, um, it, it could be the key for so many kiddos, you know, they're, they're where they thrive. And just like you said, where they find their passion, where us as the parents find more community, where our, their siblings find community. Mm -hmm. So, so Jean, put that on your to-do list. Yeah, definitely. You know, Florida, <laughs> honestly, Florida's Special Olympics, uh, our CEO is Sherry Wheelock. She is 
phenomenal. And mm-hmm. our program for um, the triathlon and just itself has gone from four athletes to we're over 50, you know, it oh, just wow. in triathlon. Um, yeah. So it's that, you know, the community has to, those unified partners and all those other clubs have joined in to help our kids. And it's just been, yeah. um, so you know, incredible. such a great effect. It's good for both. It's good for the guide. They're learning so yeah. much about it. And there's such a reward. Yeah. And these kids are so loving and um, open minded. And, you know, they're just there to have yeah. fun. They're fun. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. Changes their, it does. their world too. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I love it. What is your, um, what is your advice to, to the parents who are, who are in it right now, who are, you know, who, who are early on in their, in their diagnosis? Mm-hmm. Find journey. a community, find, find, um, know that you're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. definitely you guys are a huge resource. I mean, being able to go back and look at, I was looking at all the topics that y'all have covered. And if honestly, if, if I would have had this in the beginning, I would have felt like I was walking with people that, you know, shared the same difficulties and everything. I, to just go out there and have to find it on your own is difficult. Don't the school, the district was not a lot of help. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, most, most everything that we've figured out has been through word of mouth with other parents mm-hmm. and, you know, the special Olympics, that was it. And then, you know, as far as like Adrian now getting older with the culture city, you know, we've just mm-hmm. kind of got involved with them early on. And I see that as a, as a great opportunity for Adrian getting older. They employ career, career, kids, I was people say, career, with autism. career path and, for her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. about it. I'm very excited about that yeah. portion of it. Um, and getting well, to we, we we need to we need to give a special thank you to parents like you to to those who have who are paving the way who have paved the way for our kiddos who have put in that work and and spoke up used their voices been the advocates um, you know who have got things started and and yes there's still a long ways to go but um, we are so grateful mm. for. Oh, thank you. For parents like you and Bob and some of the other incredible guests we've had on that, um, you know, have done the work, not just for their kids, but for the community as a whole. So, yeah. and if, so thank and you. I am here to help too. If anybody needs anything, uh, you know, or resources or, you know, when you're, yeah. when it feels like the days are dark. Yes. Know, yeah. Reach out. Yeah. So, so we are going to close out, but tell us then how we can. How do we reach June and how do we reach Try Girl? So Try Girl, Sweet little I've not allowed her to have Facebook, but she does have Instagram. Instagram. Um, okay. And she's a Try Girl underscore 16, um, closely monitored by us. Uh, yeah, which rightfully so, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and then mine is just June Bun and I, June.bun at yahoo.com if you want to. Um, okay. Email and um, yeah, uh, yeah, reach out to me. You know, through social get, media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, get some so, advice and and some guidance, maybe in some of these areas. Yeah, yeah, so incredible. Yeah, so incredible. Thank you. Um, guys. We we usually do peak of the week, <laughs> but Jean's muted. <laughs> Darn it. Um. So we'll just, we would just, how about we will close out with your peak of the week, June? Why don't you tell us what, 
what incredible thing has happened this week for you, for you, for Adrian, for your family? For my family, after all this traveling, everybody's been sick, so we're all getting better. That's oh, gosh, a huge good. peak. Praise and Jesus. the other one is uh, the Texas trip, our football game. I'm super excited. We all get to go. Um, they're taking Emily and Bob and I get to accompany Adrian, and it's just going to be um, – it's just going to be having fun. She's not going to race. She's not going to have to do anything like that when I have to carry all kinds of stuff. Just relax. Just relax. Yeah. And enjoy. Yeah. Ooh, and you might get to meet Jean. Ooh. And I'm going to meet Jean. <laughs> so I, and I'm going to have okay. to wear Texas colors maybe or see who it is. <laughs> We're going to have to have we'll a conversation have to, off. We'll have to have a conversation yeah. after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, June, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being oh on. Gosh, thank and you for thank you for sharing me. your story and, you know, some of some of uh, Adrian's story through your perspective and um, just what an incredible blessing you are. She, all of you, Culture City, all of the coaches oh, that have been part of your guys' journey absolutely. and continue to be part of it. Just so, so incredible. We so incredible. Okay, you guys. Uh, it was a lovely meeting with everybody. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If um, you want to find us, we are uh, at on Instagram at Moms Talk Autism. If you would like to shoot us an email about anything, it is hello at MomsTalkAutism.com. And that is it. Have a lovely week and we will see you guys later. Thank you. Bye-bye.